Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, a great Ram Nation partner that prides itself on great service and delivering you the vehicle that is right for you. They've been in business for more than 50 years, and they're the largest dealership in Northern Colorado. In the car business today, inventory is scarce, and new cars are harder to come by than ever. But Peterson Toyota has new cars coming in daily, and they are supporting their local customers and giving priority to Fort Collins and surrounding city residents with that inventory. Come check out their new and certified pre-owned vehicles, and Peterson Toyota's knowledgeable, friendly staff will help you find the one that is right for you. If you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Canalamessa. I hope everybody's having a great week. We are only about a week away from CSU football. 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff time at Michigan, Saturday, ABC National Telecast. It's going to be a fun trip. Leaving for Ann Arbor bright and early Friday morning. Should be in town by noon. I know a lot of you guys are going out, so it's going to be great to see you all. Going out with a few buddies, including my brother, Jordan, who was a Michigan alum, played baseball there, and uh, he's actually had bragging rights on me. He had him, he had him, had him on me for the 94 Holiday Bowl. Uh, I got bragging rights back in 2002 when uh, CSU beat Michigan in hoops at Moby Arena, and then he took the advantage back last March when uh, the Wolverines beat us in the NCAA basketball tournament. But uh, this is my chance to even the score. CSU is... Do a miracle. We're due for a huge shocking win at some point. Why not us? Why not now? You know, uh, Utah State surprised college football world with their big season last year. When I was with the new coaching staff and a ton of turnover. Um, and uh, that was a program that didn't even want to play football in 2020. They just skipped playing us that year. Um, so um, things can happen. We can hope for the best. But uh, regardless, it's going to be fun no matter what. And uh, great to great. It will be great to see the Rams compete in the big house. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see you at the alumni rally uh, from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Cirque Bar. It's about a mile from the Michigan campus. And uh, prior to that, Mike Rowe is going to be putting together an event at the Blue Tractor Barbecue Brewery. Uh, that is just prior to the Ram, uh, Ram alumni rally. I think it's just a block or two away. It's a, just a couple minute walk. So uh, that will work out perfectly for those of you who have gone to some of his events at Minneapolis, Tuscaloosa, Gainesville, Fayetteville, Iowa City. He does a great job with these pre-parties. You know, he always sets them up at a local brewery. You can taste the local fare. It's a lot of fun. So hope to see you guys there. That'll be, I believe, from uh, three to five leading up to the Ram Alumni Rally. So uh, and then on Saturday morning 9 30 to 11 30 eastern the alumni association tailgate is at the ann arbor golf outing uh which is adjacent to the university of michigan campus right next to the big house um i think mike is looking into possibly organizing his own tailgate there we'll we'll know more about that next week prior to the trip and uh, he'll post on the board we'll talk about it on the podcast if anything formulates there but uh mike you know puts these events on he hosts tailgates at home games and the support he and his wife, Tracy, give to CSU in so many areas is inspiring. You know, these guys have donated towards a scholarship fund. They donate to a variety of sports, uh, football, basketball and soccer. Um, you know, they have donated to the university itself. These are just some of the reasons why they're some of the best Ram fans I know. And today uh, I'm letting you all in a little secret before he actually comes on for this recording but he and Tracy were nominated for the 2022 Larry Lasasso Spirit Award, which is presented each year to the, in, to the individuals who have demonstrated the most extraordinary spirit and support for CSU athletics. Uh, he doesn't know this yet, um, but he and Tracy received a majority of the votes and they are the winners. So um, very exciting stuff. I have invited Jackie O'Hara, who along with her husband, Tim, are former winners and they head the Lasasso Award Committee. They're going to be joining us, uh, at least Jackie will be, along with John Hearn. He, he's uh, CSU's resident historian and author of Aggies to Rams. Um, they're going to help me inform Mike and Tracy of this exciting news. So um, very cool. J well, uh, we have Jackie and Tracy. We're just going to ask them their thoughts as well on the women's football event last week at Canvas, the ladies huddle 
that CSU puts on. And uh, sounds like it was a great time. Want to hear some of the highlights of that and get their uh, feedback on what that was like there. And then we're going to have Jimmy Kaler on, CSU's former punter. Used to wear the gold shoe, if you remember. Um, was a great punter for CSU. Had a cup of coffee in the NFL. He now covers sports gambling for CSU Sportsline. We had him on last August and he was great. A lot of fascinating stuff. Uh, we had a lot of great comments from our listeners about that episode. So we thought we'd have him back. And we're going to talk about the Rams and the Mountain West. Uh, if he likes the odds uh, of, of the Rams going over the five and a half over under for the year, uh, what he likes about the, the line for the Michigan game. And uh, we'll talk about some of the other Mountain West teams and, and just uh, sports gambling in general. So be very, very good conversation. Before I bring them on, just want to let you know, I stopped at Shields today and I met with Janae Birch. Burrett. She is the marketing director for Shields in the, at the Johnstown location up there just south of Windsor. Um, she's a former NDSU Bison, by the way. Her husband, Trevor Williams, was a basketball player at CSU from 2009 to 2011. Anyway, she's been a great supporter of our contests that we do, our pigskin pick them, our bowl pick them, and our uh, bracket contest, our March Madness bracket contest throughout the year. So this year they have they're, they have committed to, to providing the grand prizes as well as the weekly prizes. So uh, it will be, that'll be, that'll be awesome. So Shields will be our, our loan sponsor for those, those contests. They'll start next week. We're not going to do the week zero. There's not enough games, but we'll start with a 15 game slate in week one next week. So keep an eye out on the board for that announcement. You'll get your picks in for week one. All right. Let me welcome in micro my usual co-host. Uh, we have a special treat today with his lovely wife, Tracy. T-Mac, how are you? Good. Good to see your face. You too. Got to see you the other day before uh, when Mike and I drove up to Fort Collins together. So this is this is twice in, uh, well, it'll be three times in a week and a half. So and see you in, in Harbor, right? We're very yeah. lucky. Um, Tracy is in development for Metro State University. She's actually calling in from the office, which is uh, we appreciate and I'm also inviting in Jackie O'Hara. She's the founder of Jet Marketing in Fort Collins. Um, she is married to Tim O'Hara, also a friend of mine, fantastic longtime photographer. Both of them are great supporters of CSU over the a very long time. And also John Hearn is going to help us with a little surprise here in a few minutes. Also, Jackie and John, thanks for joining us. As I wanted to first ask Tracy and, and Jackie about your experience um, at the recent women's football event, the, the ladies huddle last week that was hosted by Kim Norvell, the CSU football staff and players, all the stuff on social media was awesome. It uh, looked like a, everyone's having a really good time. So just wanted to, you guys to share your experience there and uh, hopefully next year that can just keep growing as people find out how much fun it was. I know I want to get my wife there. Jackie, how about you? Yeah, well, it was funny because I kind of, I've been to those events before and I kind of drug my feet going this time but it was by far the best one ever. Um, I don't know if it was the timing, if it's the renewed excitement about football, um, but people were excited to be there. They were excited to participate. Um, the football players couldn't have been more just professional and polite young men, and they were cheering women on to to bid on auction items and the, the energy was really high. Um, it was a lot of fun. Tracy, had you been to one before? Yeah, I think this was my fourth or fifth one. And I agree. I mean, it was very well put together from an event planning perspective. The energy was through the roof. I mean, it was so great to be able to see my friends. I think these events originally started to try to quote, teach us women about football so that we would let you guys watch more. But man, there wasn't a single person in that room that wasn't so excited to be there because we're all fans of CSU and fans of football. Um, so the players really, as Jackie mentioned, were just phenomenal. The way they were amping us all up and cheering for us, like we were the players, it was just so cool. And they were laughing at us and, and you know, encouraging us to actually be brave and try all the, the different stations that they had set up for us. Uh, it was super cool. Um, you know, I, I missed the open bar aspect. I'm not going to lie. It was uh, a different event when coaches would run and, and serve me a beer when my can somehow got empty, but it was, it was just a cool atmosphere to be able to learn plays, uh, learn philosophy of the coaches. 
um, and then actually get to participate in the, the different activities and the drills. Yeah. How long, how long was it? Was it like a few hours? Is it like all day? Three hours? Yeah, yeah it was quite a, and it was a Saturday night. So th yeah. that I think was initially a hurdle for me because, you know, Saturday nights are kind of precious, you know, but it ended up working out really well. And I think the last I heard it was over $65,000 that was raised um, for both CSU nutrition and then um, Ram strength. Um, so Michelle Lubick was there to talk about Ram strength and what she does. And so, um, again, there was a reason to give and to open your wallets. And so that part was really cool too. That is awesome. There was a lot of ladies there, weren't there? there was a couple hundred. 200? Yeah. yeah, I was sold out at 220, I think. And unfortunately the most important lady wasn't there. You know, Kim got sick. Um, the COVID ran through the house and, it was just such a bummer. My heart just breaks that she wasn't able to be there, but um, we definitely felt her energy and we felt her passion for sure. Um, she just really put together a solid crew of people to put that together. And it was evident that she is excited to be a part of the Ram family. And, and I'm really excited about next year to see what they do. That's awesome. So you would highly recommend this for anyone on the fence about going next year? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, there were drills. I actually tackled, I caught passes, I kicked a field goal, but there was also women with canes and there were young women and there were people who just stood on the sideline and cheered us on and, you know, and laughed with us. So anybody can go and anybody can have a good time. Well, um, you, you hear a lot about the coaching staff and the culture that they're instilling here and how they really put an emphasis on making sure that people throughout the building know how appreci how appreciated they are from the football team itself, from the players itself. The players seem very gracious and um, respectful every time you talk to them and see them in uh, anywhere. Um, did you get that sense that they were um, real engaging with the attendees and fun and the kind of people yeah. you want to be around? A absolutely. And um I don't know Patty's last name, but Patty is one of the players. He's from Australia, so he has a great accent. And he took over being the MC since coach wasn't there. And he did a great job, um, you know. But yeah, the players were thanking us for being there. I think it felt like they understood the role of fans and boosters um, in their opportunity to, to be a player. So that that felt really cool. Mm -hmm. I saw some of the highlights there of, of Patty Turner. He's going to be the punter this year. Yeah, he's got that great accent. Well, that's awesome, guys. Um, appreciate you giving some insight there because I saw all the excitement on on Facebook and Twitter, and and it looked like an awesome event. I know I, I my wife was not available that night, but I do want to get her there next year. So your comments here will definitely help with that. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to list your help in making sure she does that next year. I'll but, pick uh, her up. I, I know where you guys live. I'll drive by and pick her up. Sounds good, Tracy. Thank you, Jackie. I actually haven't talked to my wife about this at all uh, over the last week. So, but this is for obviously both of you, Jackie and Tracy. Um, I know when you went while well, McElwain was here, Tracy, that you got to know a few of the coaches. Who were the coaches that stood out for both of you during this? Or was it really all about the players? Oh, go ahead, Tracy. Oh, uh, I spoke with more players than I did coaches. So in previous years, the players weren't as involved. There was just a handful of guys. This year, it was the entire team was out there. And so all of the drills and the activities on the field were run by players. So they were the ones teaching me how to do everything. Um, I did get to know some of the coaches and I got to have some really great conversations. Um, but, you know, what happens at the ladies huddle stays at the ladies huddle. So. <laughs> Uh, I had, a, I had a great time, but I definitely, I really did interact with more players than I ever have before. Um, because the coaches really let those guys run the show and, and gave them that leadership authority to, to, um, teach us all the drills and, and to amp us up and get us excited. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. It sounds like an amazing event. It sounds like the personalities of the staff and the players shine. So i um, glad you guys were able to participate in that. Um, all right, before Jackie goes, um, I want her and John to make an announcement. Yeah, John, follow my lead here. Um, so 
I have been uh, sort of the president of the Larry LaSasso Spirit Award uh, Committee since my husband Tim and I won it in 2005. And the Larry LaSasso Spirit Award has been presented annually since 1983. And in fact, I have a notebook. I'm keeping track of all those who have passed away. And, you know, it's kind of starting to build uh, its own legacy for sure. But this is a combination. Uh, we're supported by athletics and alumni. Um, and once someone wins on this committee um, or wins the award, they become part of this committee. So John, you won it in, do you remember? 2017. Yeah. Joel? 2021. 2021. So it's really about honoring Larry Lasasso, who was an Aggie cheerleader. John, 20s or 30s? He was the captain of the 1933 um, uh, Aggies cheerleading squad. And then after the war, Harry Hughes asked him to come back and bring spirit to the school. And he did that for those of you that remember literally up until about three years before he passed away. Yeah. So um, this is really cool. And so the award recognizes individuals um, who have demonstrated exceptional and enduring spirit, enthusiasm, and support for Colorado State Athletics. And the award is presented uh, during homecoming weekend. And Mike and Tracy, since you're surrounded with other winners, we would like to announce that the two of you have won the award for 2022. Congratulations. Wow. wow. Big congratulations and very deserving. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Wow. Thank you. That can't even. Your nomination was, oh, your nomination was just so well put together and, um, the, it was overwhelming the vote because everybody gets to vote and the Nama, you guys are phenomenal Ram fans and because um, we're both wearing MSU gear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's wearing Ram gear today? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This so, is radio. You're supposed to not see that. Yeah. <laughs> so this, um, there will be a lot of details to come, and I'll be talking with you guys. Um, but the biggest thing is to make sure you mark down October 14th and 15th as your homecoming weekend celebration. There will be a reception on Friday. Um, there will be um, game details uh, when we uh, present this award. So I'll be in touch with you about all of that, but I hope that weekend works for you to, to block that out and to be part of homecoming. It's gonna be extra special. Well, thank you. And I do wanna thank my wife and Joel. They really got me wanting to be involved with CSU when Tracy was working at the university and when Joel, I mean, just running Ram Nation. And I kind of gave up on wanting to be involved other than going to games. But these two, you know, <laughs> really, uh, really helped me, you know, fall in love with the whole university as opposed to just athletics. So thank you too. Well, it was funny because last year when um, you guys – had my reception, which was such an amazing day and a, an entire weekend, actually, um, Mike and Tracy were there. And um, I almost felt guilty being up there when they seem a lot more deserving than me. So um, it was only um, logical to have them as the next winner. So um, I'm so glad, John and Jackie, that you were able to put this together. And uh, I love that you steward this whole award. It's uh, meant a lot to me. And and I, uh, and I know that these two are extremely deserving. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. Like seriously being in this circle of people right here is, it makes me feel good. God, it's not every day I cry at work, you know, but here I am. And I've actually known Joel longer than I've known Mike. And so it's uh, really cool to be sitting in this setting to, to get this news. I, honestly, I, I can't thank you guys enough. This is really, really incredible. And thanks for seriously having me on the podcast and not just joking about it. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good win-win there. Yeah, it was, it was fun to see your reaction, Tracy. So I'm glad we were on video. Yeah. <laughs> and Thank if you, you remember, uh, we uh, were able to get his uh, um, 
kilt and his sweater back. So, Mike, uh, we're befitting you for a kilt. No, I guess not. We can't. <laughs> it's too historic. <laughs> I was going to say, if you fit me with a new one, I, I doubt that would even get over one of my legs. <laughs> you can go I, visit I, it I in the Hall remember. of Fame in Moby. So uh, we, we have it on display in Moby Arena. So that's that's about as close as uh, we can get you to it. Awesome. Sounds good. And John, thank you for, I mean, we have multiple copies of uh, Aggies the Rams in our in our house. And it's something that even our daughter, six-year-old daughter, has looked at all the pictures in it. So yeah, thank you both, Jackie. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank I'll, you too. I'll both. be in touch. Awesome. Okay. All right. Go Rams. Congratulations. Yeah, go Rams. Thank you. Go Rams. All right, so that was fun, Mike. Congratulations. Our next guest is Jimmy Kaler. Jimmy, we had on about a year ago, last August. Um, he covers sports gambling for CBS Sportsline. He's a member. Are you still a member of the Pro Football Writers of America? I am. Yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably be a lifer there. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, really, it specializes in NFL uh, coverage and soccer coverage, but covers everything down to ping pong right table tennis but uh today yeah. we're gonna be asking about uh college football and the rams and mountain west and uh and how those uh how csu and the mountain west teams um relate in terms of sports gambling and um so i guess let's just start um jimmy the last time we talked we were heading into our season with steve adazio our second season and uh <laughs> There wasn't a whole lot of hope at that time. I guess we were just kind of holding our breath and hoping for a miracle there, but I don't know if anyone of us liked exactly the direction of that things were going after four games in the COVID year, but um, just your, just before we talk about the wagering stuff, what are your thoughts on the staff in general, the new staff and kind of a renewed sense of hope? Uh, number one, I, I think that Jay was a home run hire. Uh, I had, I didn't even think he was on the radar. I thought I was like, who are we going to get? Which which up and coming offensive coordinator are we going to target? Then we go get a guy who's had that kind of success in the Mountain West. I mean, that's kind of unheard of. And you took him right from a, I think, a conference school. That's insane. And I will say, from a former player's perspective, it's been for the first time since I've left, I've felt that there's been an effort to connect to us, uh, which has been awesome. Like Ricky Santo has reached out to me multiple times, um, invited us up there. It's, it's hard with kids living down here, um, to do everything that they, they ask, but, uh, they're making an effort, which, uh, I appreciate. And I'll definitely be making the trip North because of it, uh, this fall. And not to mention, I, I think the, the football is just going to be night and day better. Yeah. Hope, hopefully it's uh, not a waiting game either. I mean, I've, obviously there's some pieces that fall have to fall into place. There's a new staff culture and, almost 60 new players on the roster, but uh, it would sure be nice if we had just a big surprise and something, you know, something unusual happen and, and something good happened for CSU quicker than we, we want it to. Um, you should take part in one of those Ram walks that they do the night before. They, yeah. Right? I'll yeah, definitely so. do that. I, I got a, I have a seven year old who's obsessed with the Rams. Uh, so I, I really got to get him up there this year. He, uh, my wife's the CU girl. So, uh, but he, I mean, he, he runs his mouth to her about it. So I, I got to <laughs> love him for that. So I, my wife is on me. As soon as she says, if you ever get in the hall of fame, I'll switch my allegiance. But until then, uh, no go. <laughs> right, well, we, we will get on that. We will, uh, <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. for hall of fame. <laughs> Just so, so that yeah, she has to wear green. <laughs> I know. I, I, I would be 100% behind that. That's awesome. Uh, so, the Rams are at what I've seen is five and a half wins, uh, the over under this year. What do you think that would have been, by the way, with the Dazio at the helm? Similar? Oh, no, I would have been, it would have been lower because you wouldn't have had, I mean, we wouldn't have got all these transfers that come in here. And who knows who would have left at that point because you're losing McBride. And uh, what's the D end who I think he might be in a camp right now? Um, a couple of them, actually. Manny yeah. Jones. Manny yeah. Jones is. Manny Jones with the Cardinals. So, yeah, so it's like, who knows? I mean, it, it's hard to recruit when you're a lame duck coach like that, too. So the, the class would have probably been bottom half of the Mountain West. And, I mean, I, I probably would have guessed we'd have an over-under more like CUs, which is three and a half. 
um, betting the under, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a whole new sense of optimism. And I think uh, well, there's a lot to be excited about. I, I was down in um, Nashville last week for a, an offsite with CBS and we had the, the 24 seven sports crew was there that does all the recruiting rankings and, and all that stuff for their, one of their lead guys, uh, Brandon Huffman. I don't know if you guys follow that at all, but he's uh, he was talking to me about uh, Millen, the new quarterback. Yep. And he said, he's got the biggest set of balls that we're going to see a quarterback since Bradley was there. So I love so, it. Sh- shortly after that, I, I think I actually texted Mike and I was like, hammer that over. I mean, nope. he, may be a, he may be a freshman, but. So you, for you, you like it. You like the, over. I, I like it. I, I mean, Huffman didn't shut up about how good this kid's going to be. Um, I guess <laughs> the current landscape of college football, my only concern is if he really is as good as Huffman was telling me that who knows is going to come call in the off season and throw a bag at him. Well, fortunately, fortunately his mom's a, a model and has modeling money and his dad's, you know, his dad was a uh, NFL guy. Yeah. 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 So hopefully he doesn't need that. <laughs> right. But yeah, so, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll piggybacking off what you said. I, I got to watch the scrimmage a couple of weeks ago. And you're right. He, I mean, he was directing the players. Like you don't see mm-hmm. a freshman do that. Like he was telling people, no, you got to line up over here and you, you know, you got to do this. You got to pick up that block. You can see him really being that leader on, on the field. And you're right. I mean, as much as I love, you know, Garrett and, and Nick Stevens, there was just, it was just different watching him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess his competitiveness is off the charts too, which I mean, you'd love to see that, especially at a quarterback. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do because I have uh, another guy I work with is a big uh, Arizona guy. And apparently I didn't realize Millen was committed there at one point. And I, I'm, coach got fired and he went to Nevada or whatever. But uh, these guys that I, I know are raving about him. So it's got me, got me ready to go. So with, with there being 130 130- FBS football programs out there. I mean, how do the odds makers come up with these numbers? Is there a formula on like how many returning offensive linemen are there? What year is the, how many years is the quarterback play? I mean, is there a formula or is it, do they really dig deep into the two deep and look at um, every, every position and they look at the coaching staff or do you have a sense on what they, how they set those numbers? Yeah, it's a mix of everything. And this year's extra tough, I think, because of all the movement we've seen as far as the transfer portal and all that stuff goes. So it's – I know that they run simulations. They have those uh, super compl- complex algorithms. They'll they'll talk to sources. I mean, they they have feet on the ground most places. Uh, I mean, the, the books talk to each other too. It's not like they're, they're – super competitive. I mean, they're going to take their action either way. And they, they kind of feed off each other with, if a line's going to move, they'll, they'll all move it together and stuff like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's tricky. Um, it's kind of an inexact science, but the, for that being said, they're pretty damn good at it. They're on the number. Well, with over-unders as well, but just, uh, the game lines, the game over-unders, it's, it's amazing how accurate they are. It's, it's, it almost, is. it's almost spooky. I talked to uh, Jay Cornegay a lot about it. And I was like, how do you guys do this? Like I, I, it's my full-time job to be, you know, on this and I, I don't understand how they get it. So, so close. I'd love to talk about, well, actually, first of all, let me ask you this. Um, last time we talked a year ago, I mean, a lot changes in a year, but more and more states are getting uh, gambling regulated and it's permissible almost across the country now. I remember when we talked a year ago, you had said that the NFL seems easier to handicap. There's more information out there. Um, And the college football, it's just there's a lot more unknowns. There's less information. Do you see that still being the case or is that changing as gambling is more prevalent throughout the country? It's still definitely the case because NFL's king in the media world. It's in sports betting and TV and everything. So it's there's just always going to be more info. The biggest discrepancy is when you go to like the Mac or like Sunbelt or any any of those smaller conferences, 
I mean, there's, there's a lot of info out on the mountain West. There's a lot of info out on the PAC 12, the, the, you know, the prominent conferences in, in the Denver area, but it's once, once you get into those every now and then there's a, a what is what's it called? The FBS game. That's intriguing. Finding what you need on that can be a little bit tricky. Uh, we, we always, we cover the, uh, the FBS playoffs, FBS playoffs, and those are they're kind of a bitch to cover because you basically go in and you're like, oh, I got to do all this research in two days. And I mean, who knows who, I mean, they're last year, there was guys transferring out during the playoffs and it's, it's really, it's kind of tricky and it's hard to, uh, it's hard to pick those games. So my personal preference is I, I just kind of stay away from the lower levels. I get sucked in on the action all the time. Yeah, just because it's it's on on a Wednesday night, and those games are always pretty exciting. But uh, if yeah. I were listening to my brain, I would not do that. You're the my degenerate buddy. that's on the uh, the midnight game, the midnight Hawaii game every Saturday. Oh, night. I love those! I love those games. Yeah, Pac-12 after dark and that the ten o'clock Hawaii game. That's Dude, how you my, make your money back. My yeah. buddy, <laughs> my buddy, six year old, absolutely <laughs> loves Maction. Like yeah. every Tuesday and Wednesday, he is like glued to the TV watching those whoever, games. Whatever they, they may not, <laughs> they're not full of NFL guys, but they're they're fun to watch. They, I mean, you never know what's going to happen in those damn things. It's like the team that's favored by 15 points loses. It's it's pretty. I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's entertaining. So so gambling for me is all about trying to find value somewhere. Um, do you? when you're looking for value, do you feel like you can find it at those lower levels, like a Mac game where maybe there's uh, someone's missed a mark on the line, or do you think you might be able to get that on a, you know, the game of the week in the um, big 10 or something like that, where there's a lot more eyeballs on it. And maybe the book is setting a line because they know the public might go one way and they might create value from this themselves. I mean, where do you look for value when you're, when you're handicapping and looking for games? Uh, number one, I mean, like, well, if I'm looking at games, it's, I'll, I mean, I, I like to do the spread and over under, uh, I mess around with props a little bit, but if you, especially on the lower level, if you happen to be, if you follow a team pretty closely, I like what, just when, like, for example, when sports betting was taking off and I knew CSU pretty well, I could, I could find value there. Like, I mean, during the Bobo era, it was just like bet the over and stay away from everything else. And I kind of knew that's what's I mean, it hit almost every week, but it, other than that, I mean, it, it's, you just kind of got to trust your gut a little bit. It's one thing that I, I do value wise look at is the juice, which is the basically the payout. Like I, I don't like to really go above minus minus one twenty on that stuff. Um, which is unfortunate because the CSU over under was at minus 155 last I looked. Um, Superbook moved theirs today to there. They actually upped it to six. So uh, if you can get a better, you can get better juice on it. It's even money if you go over six, but um, that's probably my, my thing. And I, I bet a lot of golf too, uh, which that's all about finding value for me there because I, I could easily take Rory McElroy every week at nine to one, but Nine to one, and his chances of beating out 125 other guys. I don't, I don't like that value there. So I'm, I find myself betting guys who are, you know, 25, 30 to one, and you hit one for the season and you're good to go. Yeah, I mean, you kind of cover yourself. So, hmm. um, it's, it's all about. It's just a numbers game. It's, it's really what I do personally is I, I kind of target the teams that I, I know a little bit more about, and if I know something's happening or, you know, there's maybe someone's not going to play and there might be a little bit of a, like a running back share goes heavier to one guy or, or the other. I can find value there. It's just, it, it's really, for me, it's about finding a team that you really know, like for you guys, like CSU, I'm sure we could, we could sit here and pick apart and find value on their first two lines. Yeah. But my, my judgment is clouded with CSU. I, I lean. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, like what is the number one rule of betting is don't bet on your team. Right. Yeah, Do you ever, it, uh, you ever buy the hook or is that not advisable? Uh, I have in the past, but not, um, it's just not, a, a, not regularly. I mean, I, in NFL games, I do teasers a lot um, where I'll, but at that point it's like, it's, you have to, to get a, a decent payout. You got to have four or five, six teams in it. So right. it's, um, 
it's all about like if I if I have half a point, if it's going to knock it to one fifty minus one fifty, that might be worth it. It's it's just about the return you're going to get and, and the risk involved. So it's I'm not a big guy who wants to you know risk a hundred dollars to win twenty or win twenty five or something like that. So I guess I want to look at um, some of the conference title contenders for the Mountain West. Um, it's the usual suspects up top. Boise State, from at least in the book that I'm looking at, um, plus 160, Fresno, plus 215, Air Force 390, San Diego State, 510, uh, Utah State, 710, San Jose State, she's ahead of us, uh, 2050, and then CSU at uh, 2400, plus 2400, um, drops off pretty considerably after that, but um, any, do you see any value in any of these, um, or any of the dark horses at the bottom that might be able to jump up where'd you pull those first question well that's from a, a online book that i have access to ah okay um i i that's just the reason i asked is they're slightly different than what i have what i pulled was uh csu's a 30 to 1 uh which okay. um from what i can gather i will probably make a bet on it just because 30 to 1 is nice value um <laughs> What I like about our schedule is we don't play San Diego State and we don't play Fresno State. Yeah. So we're, we're basically avoiding the best two teams from the other division, um, which is also why I like our over five and a half number. So um, beyond that, like I, these are numbers that the, at least at the top end of it, I don't see a lot of value in. Um, I, the CSU pick will be kind of a homer pick, but at 30 to one based on what I know and Norvell's track record, I, I can get behind the value there. I don't think he's ever won a conference championship, but he is no, he, he wins. He, is, he wins. If you can win in Nevada, if you can win what he did in Nevada, I got to think that he can add a win or two per year at a place like CSU. Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, looking at some of these other ones, like you'd like to think that Utah State, after what they did last year, at plus, uh, what do you have them at? I have them at nine to one. Nine to one. Okay. Well, yeah. This is this is a, a bet MGM. Okay. So mine is a offshore offshore that I looked up, and they're probably docking me because I'm a homer and they know <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you look at that, and I mean, I, I'm not well versed yet on who Utah State has coming back, but that's the thing too. These 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 are so tough right now because some of these teams were hit really hard with transfers and and i i really again it goes back to the like trust listening to my my brain is like stay away from week zero stay away from week one nfl it's i mean do it if you need to bet a couple games do it but wait till you have a little bit of an idea of who these teams are yeah i i do like to i feel a lot more comfortable when i back a team with a coach that I like and I think Blake mm -hmm. Anderson at Utah State is one of those guys and like you said Norvell seems like a a guy you would you would back um mm -hmm. yeah so okay so then how about um have you looked ahead at all to these open the opening week games for the Mount West uh actually there's zero week coming up this mm -hmm. Saturday mm -hmm. and then uh really week one next Saturday uh and that's when CSU plays CSU at a uh, that just it looked like it I think it dropped I think it was at 28 or 20 and a half when it opened uh, but at 27 and a half at Michigan from what I've seen the public uh, is heavy to Michigan that, that's pretty obvious right <laughs> but mm -hmm. uh, what uh, what do you feel there is that uh, too much um, shop no I I, I, I want to say I think we're going to win but I don't I like I do like the points there though um, and actually, our our sports science simulation model is all over CSU in that too. So it's we we run the we run them every day ten thousand times. So it's uh, right now it's it I think what did I write down? It has CSU winning thirty or losing thirty nine to twenty. So it's also leaning on the over too. Um, and I I tend to like that. Too. I I just I, I can see these guys coming out and playing hard for Norvell in their first game. Uh, it's some of them, it's going to be the biggest stage they ever play on. I look back to that Alabama, the two Alabama trips that we had, even the Florida trip a couple of years ago, it's, you're going to get a different effort when guys are playing in the big house and 
for the first time for their coach and first game of the season. And plus it's, I mean, CSU has the advantage of Michigan doesn't know who they are. And I mean, CSU's staff knows who Michigan is. They've, they've had the same staff there forever. Uh, I mean, they've had some turnover, but for the most part, you can, you can kind of figure that Michigan's going to try to run down their throat and they're going to play pretty good defense and probably try to get after Millen a little bit. But I do think it could be a late cover, but I like them to cover. Well, when you saw us, what we did against Iowa last year. Um, There's another good example, yeah. Had them on the ropes, uh, basically gave the game away on a fumble inside our five-yard line. But um, that, that I think the game plan there by Adazio and company was to, like, air out the clock, just, like, get mm-hmm. keep that clock spinning, run the ball a lot, shorten the game. Um, you're not probably going to see that with this staff, you're going to see a lot more throws, clock stopping more. Um, how does that factor into when you're looking at over-under for the game um, and ability to cover, I guess? I mean, I don't know if that factors into your thought process. Yeah, it definitely does, because I think what you have is an aggressive coach versus a old-school conservative guy um, and Dazio. So you have a guy who's and, and let's also remember, too, we, I mean, this team is young. They're going to, even if they're out of it, they're probably going to want to get the reps. So they're going to keep their guys in late in the game when Michigan, if I mean, if the spread is accurate and they're up by three touchdowns, Michigan might pull their starters. And, I mean, they're going to want to get Millen all the reps he can get, especially in a place like that. So, and, and then you have, a, I mean, Norvell's offense scores. So it's, I mean, that that type of thing has me, I'm going to probably be pretty aggressive on the CSU overs this year because of it too, because that receiving group that he has is very nice too. And it's, it's just, it's going to be an explosive group and one of those groups that can score pretty quickly. Uh, it's not going to be, you know, short in the game. Like you said, it'll be, I mean, there will be some incompletions, which will, I mean, the play count will be higher and there'll be just more opportunity to score. And I think you have a guy in Norvell who's going to, play to win versus playing not to lose which i as a just being me i love that so i i the play not to lose thing used to drive me crazy sonny used to do a little bit of that but uh i'm not going to knock sonny for anything so at what point you know obviously you like csu to put up a lot of offensive numbers this year you might be able to find some value in that early in the season but as books start catching on to that and raising that number how do you know mm-hmm. when, when you've lost value that it doesn't make sense to bet on it anymore or do you just keep riding it until she bucks uh, <laughs> i mean if it's if it starts off the way i think it's going to go i think it's one of those deals where you ride it till till you know otherwise unless it just gets you know outrageously high the over under or something i think yeah. you can at that point i'll i mean sometimes what i do too is i'll i'll break it down and i'll bet the single team over so like i'll take csu's over versus the full game or csu's under whatever whatever it may be yeah um so it, it's yeah it's one of those deals where if, if i think i mean if, if it's hitting and hitting and hitting you gotta gotta stay with it all right so then some of the other games for the conference um unlv plays idaho state no line there i don't really care about that game Utah State laying same number um, that Michigan is against us um, versus UConn. Funny thing is, is um, is Clay Millen's brother gonna start for UConn? Do you know he's a quarterback there? I yeah. don't. Yeah, I don't know on that. Is that, that'd be interesting actually. His name, his name is Cole what? Millen, and uh, I don't know if he's the starter or not. I think he's a. I think he's a sophomore. Um, okay. But yeah, that that's interesting that. Uh, that he is a quarterback there. Um, but uh, Utah State, any thoughts on that game? I actually like Utah State to cover that, uh, mainly for uh, – I, I think they're going to be pretty strong on defense. Um, and UConn is – I mean, it's like worse than what we were with the Dazio. They have a lot going on there that needs to be fixed. Um, and it's a basketball school, so it's – I mean, they're – who knows how committed they are to it and it's i want to say was it last year the year before they were tragically bad i I mean it yeah i I think i yeah i feel i feel good riding utah state there uh the other mountain west game that i actually i 
I'm going to probably back is uh, I'll back Hawaii just because they're they're playing on the island. Uh, Vandy actually has a really good quarterback. Uh, he's probably going to get destroyed in the SEC, kind of like Jake Cutler used to, but uh, very dynamic guy. And then, you ha- I mean, for Hawaii, what I like there, that's a super long trip for Vandy. Um, but they also, Hawaii has, you know, the hometown hero as their head coach. Um, yeah. Her boy, uh, Timmy Chang. Chang. So, yeah, I think they'll, uh, I think they'll come out firing for him. I think you'll get back to seeing Hawaii be the, another team you want to target on the over because they'll, they'll score points, but they may not stop anyone. But the, I mean, 50 a game or so seems to be their, their deal. Did you ever go to Hawaii? <laughs> No, no, they they, they no. were they were still whack when I was playing. I, I wish that they had moved over because that would have been. It just been seems a like a, a weird dynamic where you could really go over there and kind of get lulled to sleep. It's you're you're playing a football game in paradise, especially now where mm-hmm. they're playing in basically a glorified high school stadium until they can renovate Aloha Stadium or whatever. It would be tough too. I mean, you got to deal with that time change and the that eight hour flight or whatever it is. It's, I mean, and when you really think about it, that should be one of the better home field advantages in college football. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw that one too. And that was intriguing to me. So I will keep that one in mind. Um, the other one is Wyo plus 10 and a half at Illinois. What's Illinois have this year? The Illinois is about what the same. So the interesting part there is our, our college football experts at CBS They're they're all over Illinois in that game, but our model is leading Wyoming. So it's uh, kind of hard to go off of what we, <laughs> what we have. I, I mean, if we're going to talk about Wyoming, I actually, I think they, I have them winning five games. So I think they're over under a set of five, um, which would be a push. I, they have a, a pretty difficult schedule if I recall. Um, yeah. I, I just, I think Illinois will win that. I don't know if I what what number are you seeing? Is it still ten, uh, Illinois, ten and a half? Yeah, uh, I, I would probably lean Illinois on that just just because I, I think Wyoming what they lose their their top two players to the yeah. portal. And um, had a couple injuries already. Yeah, this is, yeah. yeah. two big injuries. Yeah, I, I like their coach, and I know he's I know he knows what he's doing, but I, I think that they just are going to be overmatched and. I think yeah. ten and a half. Actually, now that it's ten and a half, I like that a little better than I. I was seeing eleven, eleven and a half. So that's that's intriguing. Now maybe it might be a Mountain West parlay for me. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like it. All right, so one more uh, about the Mountain West. San Diego State laying six and a half against Arizona. That seems short, shorter than I would have expected. Um, Arizona was not great last year. San Diego State has been perennially tough. Um, and I believe it's in San Diego State's new stadium. Mm-hmm. It uh, is, yeah. So I think it's the first game there. Um, so that all that pomp and circumstance, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that weighs negatively for San Diego State, but uh, I think I would take the home team there. And that's probably not a wise bet when I look at the, the wage yeah. numbers in the public, but. I, I just don't like Arizona. It's um, they're they're not where they need to be yet. They uh, the new coach is doing. A, I think he's done a pretty good job recruiting wise. Um, but it, it's San Diego State's kind of an established product where Arizona's rebuilding. And I think you got the you got to factor in the new new stadium. There's going to be some excitement there uh, on one side. So. I, I'd like them by a touchdown. I mean, that's I think that's a safe bet. I know that they they lost some talent, but they they're they're tough. I mean, they're they're going to be they're going to be good either way. They get they they seem to replenish pretty well too. So it's yeah. When I was playing, that was always a team. I was like, how are they not like they were? They're putting out four or five draft picks every year, and why are they not winning? And then they got Brady Hoke in there, and it's been a pretty good deal for them ever since. All right, guys, let me pause real quick, um, tell you about Ginger Baker. I know some of you visited the restaurant for the first time last week uh, for our Ram Nation happy hour. I uh, talked to a few of you afterwards. You were raving about it, how cool it was. The restaurant was super gracious to host us up in the mill top. 
adjacent to their cash restaurant and uh, in their rooftop, their enclosed rooftop. It's such a great place for events. There were several groups, Mike and I uh, included in our buddy, Matt DeWolf. We stayed afterwards for dinner. A couple other groups that had dinner there as well. We got lucky. Ginger Graham sat with us and talked to us for 15 minutes. We talked about football and uh, CSU and her husband, Jack, and life. So she's just the best. I ordered the meatloaf as always. Matt followed my lead because he said he'd heard me talk about it <laughs> over various podcasts. Mike, you had the mac and cheese. Wolf that down. Do you like that? That literally is the best mac and cheese I've ever had. So I good. love my own. <laughs> you know, I have I have a few of my own homemade recipes and man, it was it was amazing. Yeah. So anyway, this is a fantastic place. Two great restaurants with the cash in the cafe. Uh, the coffee shop, bakery, teaching kitchen, event spaces, a market. Please support our friend Ginger Graham and her Fort Collins gem, Ginger and Baker. You will fall in love with it just like I did. Just an awesome, awesome place. So, uh, all right, Jimmy, a uh, couple other things here for you. Are there, I'm uh, just curious if there, if you've kind of identified any games you like just across entire college football. Um, and if you want to throw in, if you got a hammer for, for anything else uh, out there and any other sport, I'm um, open, but just curious about uh, anything on the docket that you like here in uh, at least this first week, week zero. Week zero is super tough. Um, the one game that's getting a ton of attention and action I know is uh, uh, Nebraska, just because they're they're Nebraska it's, uh, and it's a Big Ten game. So yep. I'm very intrigued to see it because Nebraska essentially bought a new team. Uh, with their their guy uh, Decoldist, I don't know if you guys saw that commercial. Um, <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> one of, one of the best uh, NIL deals out there I've seen. Uh, but they're they're, uh, I mean, it's kind of a make or break year for Scott Frost. So I'm intrigued there. Uh, I don't know enough about Nebraska and all their new players to, to bet it, but it might be one of those deals where I live bet it or yeah. something like that. Um, Laying thirteen and I was talking it's Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald, uh, he's he's tough to bet against like that. A, I mean, yep. he tends he tends to keep it close. Um, they may not win, but they they fight. So I'll probably stay off of that. Um, Mountain West stuff that I I kind of jotted down that I kind of liked was um, let's see, I got Air Force going over their seven and a half. Uh, with their schedule, I think they could flirt with ten wins if things go well for them. Uh, obviously I hope they, they lose one game at least. Right. Um, but we'll see on that. I like Fresno to go under their eight and a half. They, uh, they have a brutal schedule. I mean, they, they have, they're, they're shaping up to be pretty good, but they, it's like, they have SC on the schedule, San Diego state. It's, it's not, not favorable. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Uh, what else do we have? So. Futures wise, the only value I see in the national championship, I, I kind of like USC just because it's essentially Oklahoma on the West Coast. And there's going to be some continuity with uh, the quarterback in Lincoln Riley. Uh, plus, they, they got one of maybe the best receiver in the country, um, that kid from Pitt. So that there's, and and let's be honest, the Pac 12 is, is soft. And I mean, if they get by Oregon, they're gonna they're probably gonna be in the the playoff. So there's and you, and you can get it at twenty five to one right now. So I think there's there's good value there. Um, NFL wise, I I really try to stay away, but um, until I until I can until it gets to Sunday and I can't stay away. Um, but I my, I don't I don't I don't love the value at the super, on the top of the Super Bowl odds. Uh, I did my standard Broncos bet. I uh, got them a 20 to one, but I don't think it's going to hit. So it's a donation there. Um, <laughs> what else a good flyer. It's a good flyer. Yeah. Now. I mean, it, it, who knows? They, they have some, t they're going to be better at least. I, that AFC West is shaping up to be brutal, uh, but it'll be good football. Um, who else? So I was talking to Cornegay earlier today about, about uh, what I, what I want to have happen is that super contest come to Colorado. Yeah. Um, it's in the works, uh, but there's a lot of legal stuff going on that we don't need to get into. But he was he was telling me that they've been taking massive action on uh, San Diego State for one, which is interesting. So their line was down to minus five, and they he had said he had some uh, some big players really hitting that hard. So that might be 
I don't know if that sways your decision or he, he likes the big players on Arizona. Take, took, yeah. They took San Diego state. Oh, they took San Diego state. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's like, it's the, the line will probably move because of that. Um, but they're taking big action there. They, they took a lot of action on uh, Pitt also. I'm not, not sure how I feel on that one. Um, like I said, it's, it's week zero. It's tough. They, they lost, their two best players. So I don't know why anyone would really want to bet on them. Um, yeah. I mean, NFL, we're really, once we get past this final cut stage, uh, that'll be, we'll, we'll start dialing in more on that and I'll have, I'll get into week one, but right now it's all future stuff. And honestly, I, I don't love the, like, I mean, if, if you held a gun to my head, I'd probably pick the Bills or someone to win it. And you're only getting six to one there. Yeah. So I don't see I don't see a point in really going too hard after that. So you and I you and I texted a lot last uh, last season talking about the punters, uh, talking mm. about our own Ryan Stonehouse <laughs> as well as uh, whatever uh, right uh, whatever's name from San Diego State and the Penn State. Wow. Guy. Oh, the, punk, the punk god, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what are your impressions on all these guys in uh, preseason camp? I, you know, I try to catch them every time I can. Um, it's, it's, I, I have the NFL network, so I, if I know that there's a guy I want to watch, I'll record the game. Uh, so far, though, it's, I mean, Arise only has like two punts in the preseason, so it's, it's hard to tell, but they cut the other guy, so they're going with him. Um, so that's that. He's going to be the Bills punter. Then what I saw of the two guys who got drafted early, um, uh, Penn State kid, and he looks pretty legit. He, uh, I, I mean, he's fourth round pick, so he's guaranteed at least one year. I mean, they're not gonna do that and cut ties with him, but he did for to give him credit. He actually looked like he was the real deal. I, I haven't seen, uh, the, what was he from Georgia? Yes, uh, I haven't, I haven't seen him punt. I know, uh, I know he's highly regarded, but he had some some consistency issues, which was led me to be surprised that he was taken where he was taken. Um, I I don't I know actually the the guy who's their special teams coordinator was my special teams coach when I had my uh, brief stay with the Falcons. So, um, I mean, I know he he knows what he's looking at, but um, I was a little surprised about that. And then I and who was the other guy drafted by the Bears? He uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, from NC State, I believe he. I saw, I watched one of his games. He, he's he's got a big leg. He's he's got some work to do though, and I don't know that he is ready for punting in Chicago because that's uh, that's a tricky thing to do. And then we have our our guy. Uh, from what I've seen, he he has pounded the ball. I mean, we we know what he can do there. Um, my biggest knock on him all along, like he needs to, he needs to keep the ball out of the end zone. That's uh, a big deal at that level, um, which it's, it's something he can learn. It's not, I mean, he's, he's got the thing, he's got the talent that you can't teach. So he's got a huge leg. Uh, he can get rid of the ball. He made a, a kind of cardinal sin in his last game, uh, but he made up for it. And he got, he got, when he dropped that snap and ran for the first down, uh, the one thing that is uh, good to see for him is that they're moving him. Now he's doing a lot of the holding for the their starting kicker. And that's a pretty good sign that he's a legitimate option there. They they wouldn't do waste reps like that if, if he wasn't, you know, at least a thought there. And then, and I know now with the expanded practice squads, there's a good chance that he might, even if he doesn't make the 53 this year, there's a good chance Tennessee would stash him there and, because I think so, Brett Kern actually is the only punter that truly like made it for my draft class. So that's how old he is, and so it's kind of interesting to see. It's like the the one guy from from my era that is still around, going at it with you know the CSU guy. So I know he's he's making a couple million too. So yeah, yeah, he's he took a pay cut to stay. Um, so I mean, there will be he's guaranteed some money, so that could factor in. That's that's why I think there might be a chance of Kern plays out this year in Stonehouse if he clears waivers because he has punted well. 
and there's going to be some some needy teams out there. So there's a chance that if he doesn't get the Titans job, that he'll still be punting somewhere week one. Yeah, I know. Because Indy's punter just went down yesterday, right? Or they they signed the guy that um, Buffalo had, to uh, who Ariza replaced. Yeah. So and then there's just some guys who. I, in my opinion, haven't been NFL caliber. So there, there'll be uh, there'll be options for him. I, I think he's put some film out there that's going to at least give him a, if he doesn't make it this year, a fighting chance to keep going. I mean, it's it's easy to be forgotten as a punter. So it's, I mean, as long as he stays on a team and relevant, I think he's he's got a good shot at making it. Do you have your golden shoe? like enshrined somewhere in your house still i do i do it's um so my basement's being finished right now and it's gonna have a, a spot down there i have my csu helmet and the we wore these throwback helmets for a game too i have i have that one it just has the number on the side yeah i, I don't know that. if you guys remember that i think yeah, it was I have, against I cal right oh. there you go yeah mine mine has the exact one it's number eight though um so that'll be on there i have my gold shoe i have uh kind of have all kinds of good stuff i the gold shoe is there though. I have, I actually have two or three of them because what I used to do, that's, uh, I'm not going to get in trouble at this point. I think statute of limitations is gone. <laughs> um, I used to buy two pairs every year and then I would send a box back to Nike with and say, Oh, you sent me two left foot shoes. And then they send me another one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So then I, I would have, uh, I'd get an extra pair for practice or something. And, <laughs> I mean, it's not like they weren't making enough money on them to begin with. So it's like I, they I was the one guy on the team that had to buy his own shoes. Yeah, you know? the CSU's going to go on probation tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know. So, sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So last uh, last time we had you on, uh, you talked about just making a killing on betting euros uh 2020 in in footy mm-hmm. and soccer um was there much action on women's euros this summer not even close to what the men's doing it, it, it i mean it's unfortunate but it is what it is uh, they i mean i i can't even imagine what kind of numbers we would do if the u.s men's team was a, a true contender I mean, they're, they're obviously better than they were. Um, but, it, I mean, if you could put them up with France and England on that level, it would be – soccer would be insane as, as far as betting goes because it's still big. I mean, it's – it's like a, I mean, let's see, what does it go for us? It goes NFL, college football, NBA, uh, MLB, then soccer. Soccer's tied with golf. So it, it, it's a big, uh, big deal for us. Um, Wherever we've already started prepping for World Cup, and that's even the soccer guy, you know, that's going to be massive. And Paramount is our, we're now called Paramount because uh, everyone has to be a streaming company now. Yeah. So Paramount bought the, uh, was it Champions League? So yep. now I, I got to learn all about the Champions League. So <laughs> that's going to be obviously a big deal for us. The, the, and draw, I, you know, the draw was just today. Um, so so now all the groups are out for Champions League. Well, you, you just brought up World Cup, so I know we're we're kind of pushing up on time here. So what you're seeing now, who who are some of the favorites that we should be looking out for uh, in the group stages and and to win it all? Um. So what is, one of our guys has has been pumping Senegal like like crazy. Uh, that's his dark horse, and he likes them to get out of the group number one and and maybe make a surprise run. Um, the teams that based on what I've been doing and I'm, I full disclosure, I'm kind of a novice soccer better. I'm going to be, I've, I have bet already France and England, um, to win it. The problem there is that the way it's set up, I think that they, they might meet in the quarterfinals. Um, which in that case, if, if things go well, maybe whoever wins that is going to win it. So, uh, that'd, that'd be all right. But, um, our, our soccer guys are, are pretty damn good. Um. I kind of tail them a lot. We have a guy who specializes in uh, European soccer, then a guy who who does MLS and Syria and uh, Liga MX and all that stuff. So we have a little bit covered, and I, I get to see all all that stuff. So I really 
from a betting perspective, I, I kind of am drawn more to the Premier League, um, even though it's shaping up to be kind of anticlimactic with uh, Man City uh, kind of dominating. So back to the World Cup, though, I, I probably uh, France and England are my picks. I mean, they I think they got the they got the best attack. I think they have more depth and. I mean, I, I think Brazil's favorite still, but they've, they have more issues than Vogue, as my wife would say. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to borrow it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Jimmy, this has been great. I love talking about this stuff with you, and I love uh, having someone on the, uh, the insides of the, the gambling lines being able to guide us through this. So uh, always appreciate you and your time, and uh, it's fascinating talking to you. And, and hopefully uh, the Rams can give us all a good season here, starting with a, a big shock on next Saturday. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, I'll, at this point, the way things have been going lately, just if we can beat Wyoming, beat Air Force and make a bowl, I'll be happy. That's, that's yeah. a great season. That's a great, yes. that's a good season. We'll take it and, yes. uh, and pound uh, the plus 27 and a half next, next week. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll I might go make that bet now before it moves, <laughs> before, <laughs> before it gets lower. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, appreciate it, Jimmy, and uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Look forward to catching up and uh, talking about the Michigan game next week. Michael, congratulations on your award, the the latest Larry Lasasso Award. He and Tracy uh, very well deserved. So how cool is that? Everybody have a great rest of the week. Go Rams. Go Rams.